Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor Terry Thorne delivers the message entitled, God is Still Speaking. Are the people listening? So join us now from the sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. We're going to begin our scripture readings this morning with a gospel lesson. This is the first 12 verses of the 23rd chapter of Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their flactories broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are the students. And no one on earth, no, I'm sorry, and no one, and call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading today comes from the prophet Micah. We'll be reading from chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry peace when they have something to eat, but declare war against those who put nothing in their mouths. Therefore, it shall be night to you without vision and darkness to you without revelation. The sun shall go down upon the prophets and the day shall be black over them. The seers shall be disgraced and the diviners put to shame. They shall all cover their lips for there is no answer from God. But as for me... I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Hear this, you rulers of the house of Jacob and chiefs of the house of Israel who abhor justice and pervert all equity, who build Zion with blood and Jerusalem with wrong. Its rulers give judgment for a bribe, its priests teach for a price, its prophets give oracles for money. Yet they lean upon the Lord and say, Surely the Lord is with us, no harm shall come to us. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field, 
Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Oh God, we come before you and give you thanks that we are able to be here and worship you freely and openly. And as we do so, we give you thanks for your word and the way it instructs us and challenges us. We pray this day in our time of worship that your spirit would be among us, instilling in us a sense of your hope and your peace, yet challenging us in ways we might not have imagined. God, we pray that everything that is said in this place, everything that is done in this place, everything that is sung and prayed would be to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So a prophet's not welcome in his hometown for a reason. When Jesus said that, he wasn't just talking about his own ministry, but he's sharing a truth about all of God's prophets Prophetic voices are rarely accepted by those to whom they speak. They weren't in the ancient times, and they aren't now. Because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field, and Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins. No one wants to hear a foretelling about their nation's future that sounds like that, much less be blamed for it. Now, people definitely do not want to hear what prophets have to say. And I, I believe the reason is because at the heart of a prophetic message is always a call for people to change. And the reality of human nature is that we do not embrace change all that well. In fact, for most of us, it's only when the pain of not changing becomes so great, so unbearable, that it's easier than the sacrifice required to, the sacrifice to required to change is easier. And that's when we will finally be willing to consider the possibility we might need to do things differently. We ignore prophetic voices because they challenge our innately human, selfish, self-centered way of living. They call us instead to humility and to self-sacrifice, to be the servant to not be the ones exalted for the sake of love, for the sake of God's love, the sake of love for others, and for the sake of love for ourselves. So in obedience to God, Micah takes this huge risk, as prophets do, to deliver a message to the leaders of Israel. And he mirrors back for them the truth of their own actions and shows them how far they, ha they have gone astray and how far they have led the people astray from God's intent for them. And he goes on to name specific 
corruptions within the leadership at that time, including that they proclaim peace to the nation even though there was no peace. They claim peace because their situation, the leader's situation was good, because they had what they wanted, and because what happened to everyone else did not directly impact them. As Micah said, they had food in their mouth when others did not. But even worse than that, the prophet goes on to say, the reason the others don't have any food is because leaders, you are selfish and greedy, and your access to power allows you to do whatever you want to the people and take whatever you want. He likens it to warring on those who have nothing. You talk about someone who speaks truth to power. Micah spoke truth to power. By naming those sinful practices of the leadership, he called out the entire system of religious and political governance because right then they were one and the same. And he forewarns them that their evil has significant consequences for all the people. Now, of course, we in 21st century America, we don't live in that same intertwined religious and political governance. But even today, God is speaking to nations, to leaders, and to the church through the prophet Micah. Even today, sin is still sin, consequences are still consequences, and God's people are not immune to the truth of Micah's message. When money is permitted to speak louder than justice, compassion, or righteousness, when voices from positions of power are valued more than those of voices of poverty, when some folks are silent about injustice done to others because it doesn't impact them directly, when truth-tellers are squelched, or worse yet, people are told what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear, when truth is sacrificed for what will attract listeners, donors, and advertisers, when excessive burdens are laid on folks because of race, gender, or religious beliefs, when that happens, folks, as Micah says, we are participating in the evil, we're standing by the evil, then we do nothing about it, we're still as guilty, and we will suffer the consequences. The consequences are unity is weakened, people needlessly suffer, and nations will eventually collapse all around the globe. Now granted, there is no human structure, no human structure, political or religious, that can ever heal the brokenness of this world. Only Jesus, only Jesus who was both prophet and prophecy, the proclaimer and the good news proclaimed, can heal the world's brokenness. That said, 
in Christ's love and by the power of the Holy Spirit, God's people are called to reveal to the world the vision of shalom, of peace and wholeness that God has always desired for God's people. And so the way we choose to live even now impacts how God's vision is manifested or not into the world. We are called, we the church universal, are called to live as a beloved community rooted in love, mercy, and justice of God. A community in which freedom is accountable, not wasted. Where power is used for communal good, not selfish gain. Where we care for those who are unable to care for themselves, or one which shares God's abundance and protects the vulnerable and extends welcome and hospitality to family, to neighbors, and to strangers. Micah sums up this way of life that God intends for his people in the well-known verse in chapter 6. He says, All God requires of you is to do justice, to love kindness, which some translations call mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Friends, Jesus not only embraced this requirement of, his, of God's people, he embodied it. And this message of doing justice and loving kindness and walking humbly with God has been at the core of prophetic messages throughout history, and it still guides prophetic voices today. So in Bible study this week, we talked about what might be some of the modern prophetic voices of our lifetime. Now, a, a few, one of those named was Abraham Lincoln, and I'm pretty sure that none of us were alive when Abraham Lincoln was alive. I they also mentioned Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Martin Luther King Jr. And I would suggest Dorothy Day and Elie Wiesel and some of the liberation theologians would be worthy of consideration. But quite candidly, identifying which voices speak on God's authority and which are false prophets with an agenda is neither easy nor instinctive for us. To distinguish requires prayerful, open-minded discernment, spirit-led discernment on our part. Truth is, it's difficult sometimes to separate a prophetic voice from a political chatter or fringe theology. It can be even more challenging to set aside our own notions and experience and expectations in order to listen carefully and receptively to the prophet's message. And as I said, any message that speaks truth to power is not easily heard nor willingly accepted by those who hold the power. So how do we know when a voice speaks for God? Well, we start with prayer, and then we hold them up against these biblical prophets, which is why it's important we know what they have to say. 
and we look for the presence of Christ in their message. So, for example, the biblical prophets, they, they didn't make predictions or fortune-telling about what might happen. Instead, they stated the truth about what was already happening among the people. And they named out the behaviors and the values that did not reflect God's character and were not aligned with God's vision of shalom. And so a true prophetic voice is going to bring a consistent message with the whole narrative of Scripture, and they're not going to just cherry-pick aspects to prove a point. They speak the overarching truth of God's faithful love, and we will hear a call to express God's love the way Christ taught and modeled which is with grace and truth. And these biblical prophets, they weren't condemning the people to the destruction. They were warning them of the unavoidable consequences of the path they were on. But they also offered hope. Hope that God is always and eternally faithful to God's people, even when God's people are not faithful to God. The prophets promised the people that God would be their God. God is their God. And then boldly and courageously charged or challenged or urged and even pleaded with the people to make a course correction, turning back to being God's people and living into God's vision for them. A prophetic voice will also be rooted in a vision of hope, just like the ancient prophets. And that vision will be filled with mercy and forgiveness and welcome inclusion because that's what Jesus taught. It will convey God's theology of abundance rather than the world's message of fear and scarcity. It will compel people to show compassion and to offer kindness and to act justly and to live in that lion and lamb-like peace. In other words, the prophetic voice from God will call us toward the sacrificial love of Christ and to be sacrificial in the way we love others, a commandment that God has given us, and call us into the kingdom way of life that Christ revealed for us. And Jesus, not anyone else but Jesus, speaks this message of truth and hope. And he spoke it boldly in the first century. He lived it out in his life and his teaching and his ministry. He too proclaimed, God will always be our God. There is always redemptive hope. And God's people will assuredly, not maybe, but assuredly will stray from God's vision of our belovedness. But Christ will never stop loving us. We will be called back again and again into the truth of God's unconditional love, into the truth of God's merciful and compassionate and just character, 
we will be called back into the truth of God's vision for peace. So friends, when that's the message that you're hearing, and when it is spoken with humility, and when it comes from a faith-grounded conviction, and you know the motivation is to please God, then you can trust that God is speaking through that prophet. And then pray that we, God's people, would be compelled to listen. Even now, God is still speaking. Are the people listening? Well, there's a whole lot happening in the world that would indicate that we are not. In fact, Micah's words, as well as those of other prophets, ring as true today as when they were first uttered. But the good news is this. So does the prophetic hope. It remains true as well. Now, we alone, the church universal, we alone cannot redeem this world. Only the power of God's love can do that. But we are called and equipped and sent by Christ to be hope-filled bearers of God's love into this world. God is still speaking. Are the people listening? Well, I ask you, when Micah says that the only thing God requires of his people is to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, does the church make that our mission? God is still speaking. Are the people listening? When Jesus says to his disciples through that reading that Drew offered for us today to learn the character of God from the scriptures but live beyond the letter of the law into the law of love that Jesus models. Will we, as Jesus said in that Matthew from message, Matthew, will we resist adding burdensome layers of condition on love and on whom we love? Do we practice what Jesus preached? Now, when I say we, I do not mean tab and only tab. I mean the church, the people who proclaim Christianity. God is still speaking. Are the people of God listening? If we hear, when we hear Martin Luther King's dream of a nation where his four children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, or when Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, we're not simply to bandage the wounds of the victims underneath the wheels of injustice, we are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself. Are we hearing the prophet's cry for justice, and are we willing to live into it with the choices we make? Even more so, does the church embrace justice as an expression of the good news of Jesus Christ? God is still speaking. Are the people of God listening? 
Well, on this side of heaven, the answer will always be some version of not exactly. When we look into the prophetic mirror held up for the church, we will see faults and failures, but we will also see Christ. There will be leaders who speak prophetic truth, and there will be those who soften their words of grace, and sadly, there will be some truth left untold. Ministry in the name of Christ surely seeks to love the way Christ loves, but there is also times of unchecked human bias, personality, and privilege that can experience other people's, I'm sorry, can hinder the experience for other people. This reality about the church, this saint-sinner, we're-not-perfect reality, is why God will never stop speaking until justice and peace is completely restored for all God's creation. So friends, God is still speaking with hope that his people will listen, learn, and live nearer to his holy design for the world until the day that peace reigns. God is still speaking, calling us into a way of life that restores broken unity and relieves suffering and promotes shalom to the whole community. And even as the world becomes more violent and society is less stable, even as religious institutions become seemingly irrelevant and countless church buildings feel increasingly hollow, even though people of faith are anxious and worried, God is still faithfully speaking eternal hope to his people. The prophetic truth is this. History has shown that congregations and denominations as we know them may change. They must change. Sometimes, though, they will topple in part because they won't change. But ultimately, God's beloved church in Jesus Christ the one universal, holy, spiritual entity that the Apostle Paul refers to as the body of Christ will never be destroyed. God will always make a way for his church. It may, however, at times be very difficult, even painful ride. But the history of our faith also reveals that it will be worth the journey. This, my friends, is the good news proclaimed by all of God's prophets, those whose prophecies are laid out in scriptures, as well as the voices that have been spoken since then. It should give us great comfort to know that neither the current conditions of evil nor the declared consequences of the disobedience in the world have the last word. 
With repentance and God's grace, there is always another chance to live out the belovedness that God has given us as we seek to reveal God's will on earth as it is in heaven. God is still speaking. Let all the people listen and let the heavens and earth say, Amen. You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the Tab podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabpres.org, tap on the graphic marked sermons, and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indie. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabprez.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab. Tab.